Hello, I'm Dan. And I'm Simon. And this is a special episode of the Wikicast, the podcast about random Wikipedia articles. Today, we are joined by a guest. Hi, it's me, Hannah Witten. I'm the guest. And what article are we talking about in this episode, Hannah? Um, so the article that Wikipedia generated for me today is... The 1999 US Men's Clay Court Championships doubles. Oh, wow. Okay. So we're talking about tennis, I'm assuming. (laughs) It actually doesn't say tennis anywhere, but I'm assuming it's tennis. Just men's doubles. Two guys going around. That's it. That's all we need to know. Hitting a ball back and forth. Six feet apart because they're not gay. And observing social distancing. So I had a quick scroll and this is a really short article. Well, funnily enough, the very first article we ever had was about yeah. a doubles tennis tournament. How, how <laughs> was weird it this is that? One? No, it was the Congolian Classic or something yeah, like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, wow. But they don't tend to stick in the mind sometimes, Hannah, because sometimes they are incredibly short. That's, you know, it's, <laughs> the articles are yeah. like about 10% of this article. Uh, sorry, the 10% of this uh, podcast. Yeah, um, we had last last time, this was on, so the, the episode that was broadcast on the 6th of July, 2017, oh Wikicast Pilot <laughs> 000, the, eight, the 1980s Congolium Classic doubles, which wow. is just nuts. What a callback. This is one for yeah. the, the, a deep cut for the fans. Absolutely. Uh, so, okay, Hannah, um, perhaps we should give you some form of introduction. Um, so what do you do online? What's the kind of stuff that, that you are known for? Um, I am known for talking about sex. I do like sex education and make YouTube videos. I uh, have my own podcast where I talk to guests about um, all sorts of different topics around sex and relationships and you have been doing this for quite a while when did you first start making videos because you're like kind of the old guard of youtubers in a way i i'm one of i i know some people who have been on it much longer than me but i'm still considered ancient um (laughs) (laughs) so i've been making youtube videos for nine years wow that's about, I mean, we've been doing it for the same, about the same time, but you definitely, your channel's taken off in a very big way and you've been phenomenally successful with it. And, you know, you're, you're also a twice published author. Um, oh, yeah, I've done that. A small thing. Ding, ding, ding. And, you know, you've been phenomenally successful with it. And we've worked together with uh, the Oxcast and also on a couple of videos on our respective channels. Uh, of course, yes, we'll put some indeed. links to that in the show notes of the podcast. Um, yeah. But this is the first time you and Dan have met. Although I think we would have been in the same room at VidCon. So Dan and I went to VidCon in Amsterdam, the first one. Yes. Okay, yeah. I would have been there. And um, so I think paths must have crossed, but yeah. you know, this mm. is the first time that we've had cause to be together, I guess. So, so what can you tell us about this this tennis doubles tournament? So, um, the champions, the winners, were American Jim Courier and oh my god, what flag is that? It's either Australia or New Zealand. <laughs> <laughs> it's one, it's one of those ones. Are the stars Tom, on it red or white? The stars are white. Uh, Australia. Australia, Australian Todd Woodbridge. So Dan would know that because he did live in Australia for a time. I did. Uh, I am. I am. I am by law one of one of them. Marvelously. <laughs> yeah. They can't get them. rid of me anymore. Yeah. <laughs> well, no one could get rid of you at the so, moment because you know we, we're all stuck where we are. Nobody, nobody's allowed locked. to move anywhere. Lockdown. We're recording this. Yeah. This is just to, to completely spoil the date. This is the second of April. Um, so we've been in lockdown for nearly two weeks now. Is that right? Yeah, that's right. Yeah, yeah about that. Uh, and we, I think, I think it's fair to say that we're all dealing with it. The three of us are dealing with it in slightly different ways. Uh, you know, Hannah, <laughs> yeah. you are by your own admission a bit of an extrovert, and so you found this a bit more difficult. I think. Yeah, but I'm an extrovert who's very used to working from home and spending long chunks of time not seeing other human beings. Yeah. Mm. Um, but that does not necessarily make it any easier um, because it. Normally, I would spend my whole days not talking to another human being, and then I would spend my evenings very actively socialising. Yeah. But FaceTime is great. And Zoom. Everyone's obsessed with Zoom now, and ah, I'm, yeah. I'm an absolute convert to it. It's been fantastic. We've had several... Um, the back row of Exeter Cathedral um, had a virtual pub the other day um, and several other groups. And we've we've discovered the joys of the virtual green screen yes. um, oh, that you yes. can do, which is just brilliant fun, I think. The virtual backgrounds on Zoom. Because you can also download your own images. Yes, exactly. So we were in we were in a call the other day, as I say, this was with this was with some cathedral folk. And, so Dan um, works at Exeter Cathedral, just just to give that at least a little yes. bit of context. context. Yes. For 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 readers both short and long time. 
time they'll probably know because I don't shut up about the bloody thing. But um, we we were on a call and it was the the back rows that make up the cathedral choir, um, and we were going around and seeing who could do the most interesting, which suddenly became risque um, backgrounds. And I found a really glorious image online of just a really spectacular collection of dildos. Oh um, but you're like, but so you're like I, in church. Yeah, and I, I, I oh, found that and I thought, brilliant. this is perfect. I pop that on and then who should join the call next but our canon presenter, the Reverend James Mustard. <laughs> and uh, <laughs> he suddenly popped in and he goes, he, he wasn't surprised at all. So... But oh, it was wow. it's brilliant. It's so it's my, so nice. My Zoom background stories aren't as good as that. No, I, I only had my first ever Zoom call today, actually. I, I was um doing something I'm doing a bit of filming for the Weather Channel. Um and they want me to record myself remotely um for an interview. And so we had this meeting over Zoom and they were like, Um, do you have uh, like a DSLR, any microphones? And I was like, <laughs> mate, I, I, you've come to the right place. Uh it was like that scene in the Matrix where all the guns arrive on racks. <laughs> I was like, We've got gear, lots of gear. <laughs> So you truly are living your lifelong dream. You're living it out as a glorified weatherman. This is glorified this is weatherman That's from it. home. Yeah, this is true. Amazing, insulting weatherman. But yeah, do you have a green screen? Can't be weatherman without a green screen. The thing is, my green screen broke. I had the same green screen that everybody had, like everybody bought from Amazon. That's the, like the foldable. The, one. Well, it, it's allegedly foldable. I have I, every time I try and put mine down, I have to watch YouTube videos yeah, to instruct yeah. me how to do it. It's ridiculous. It's uh, mine just broke because I I think I tried to fold it and I just got so pissed off that it wasn't <laughs> folding. I just snapped it. Mm-hmm. It's but, like when you think you're doing yourself a favor by buying those pop-up tents if you go camping or to a festival or something and you think this will save so much time and then someone in the group has to look up an instructional video as to how to a get it up and b put it away again yeah Yeah, absolutely yeah so for me the social isolation thing and being in quarantine is great uh dare i say time of my life Uh, everybody is online playing video games so my social life is actually better now because of quarantine which i i will say like family and friends who I would take for granted that I would see them in person at some point mm. and then you never get round to. I'm now talking to way more regularly. Yeah, I think that's fair to say, actually. And I think, yeah, just friends in general on like social media. I've had quite a few conversations strike up uh, because of it. It's mm. it's really, it, it has actually brought people together and it's, it's kind of a lovely, almost kind of wartime, we're all in it together, I guess, kind of spirit. Mm. Keep calm and, yeah. and carry on. It's it's lovely too. I think certainly in our in a in a, a group of friends that Simon and I uh, have been playing some video games with, it's perfectly normal now just to kind of join a Discord group call on a morning and keep a headphone in through the day and just see who might like you know literally like a, a, a chat room. You know, people just come and go as they please. Um, and there's always a there's always kind of a focus to actually call someone or video call them rather than just shoot them a text or message them. Mm. And it's so yeah. nice. It's just nice. It, it feels ironically, it feels like there is more contact while being isolated. I think because you're not just flicking each other messages with no face and it's a bit disconnected. I think that the social world in general is just going to be completely changed by this. It's not. It doesn't feel like it's going to just go back to normal afterwards because people have shown that all these technologies are you know usable and it's super easy to get in touch with friends that you've not spoken to in ages or just like you say to have a Discord call on the go during the day. Um, mm. You know, it, it feels like it's what we're going to go see after the quarantine is going to be almost a halfway house between the actual quarantine itself and what it was like before like so many people aren't going to want to go back to their workplace because they've shown they can work from home perfectly fine um yeah and actually the um a lot of stuff that i've been seeing people talk about online is how often like disabled people would be told no you can't work from home yeah like it's difficult for them to get to the office and now actually what we're proving is for a lot of jobs you can do it from home um and so hopefully i mean like hopefully lots of disabled people are just like vindicated like look we can do our jobs effectively from home like we don't have to strain ourselves to come into a physical office and i think it's really shown uh what jobs what what you know who is actually creating value in society it's actually shown that you know for example healthcare professionals now people are like jesus christ the nhs is underfunded we need to give it more money and we need to you know i mean 
hope treat so. our healthcare professionals. But also, mm. certainly from Pixel Girl's perspective, um, it's shown as soon as anybody tries to take care of their children for an entire day of trying to teach them, everybody on Twitter is just like, we need to pay teachers a million pounds a week. This is, <laughs> this is unbelievable what they do. Um, yeah. And, uh, but also like the simple stuff, like people who stock groceries or the people that like, you like the Royal Mail, the people that do, uh, you know, rubbish collection and stuff. It's actually shown these are the people in society that we cannot do without. And there are so many people in, especially in like the city in London who are just like, you know, probably have too much of a sense of, of self-importance who actually, mm. comp- not going to say completely unnecessary, but not as important as they think they are. Um, not on that list of essential workers. No, yeah. Exactly. It's seeping it's seeping into every corner of society, isn't it? Because I mean, certainly for for you two who who work um from home um for you know for your for yourselves or for your you know for your various kind of um pursuits and things, I notice being someone who typically works, you know, I work a, a nine to five or thereabouts Monday, Friday in an office. Um mm. and and that environment is is changing so rapidly because people are realizing not only that it's entirely entirely possible um to not need that physical office space but also the level of productivity via digital meetings and diaries and 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 everything is just increasing productivity tenfold so so where you might say on a typical day when i'm in the office i can get x y and z done you realize Mm. that you're getting x y and z done and it's only three o'clock in the afternoon so you're thinking well hang on so what is it that's really kind of holding me back what is it the environment itself is it um being able to work at your own pace you know i don't strictly adhere to the like i have an hour lunch break but what i might do if i'm working at home is if i'm kind of deep diving into some um some charity work or something, then I might push lunch ahead until maybe two o'clock and then, and then leave early. And I've actually achieved more rather than trying to stick to a really regimented right between X and Y I'm working these times. And now I've got to go for my lunch and then I've got to come back for a meeting and the flexibility gives you more freedom. It's that flexible working. And there's like lots of people who have been campaigning for that kind of thing before all of this. And Mm. I, I do hope that, it it, I, it's horrible what's happening obviously but I, I really hope that like we come out the other side acknowledging like the important things and being like okay we actually can't go back to the way it was before because all of these things that's now been brought to light are important like the NHS needs funding the education system needs funding actually flexible working is important and effective you know all these things and creators in the arts you know people people are realizing now i mean certainly certainly for me i'm the 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 government announced last week or perhaps slightly slightly earlier um this coronavirus job retention scheme so which basically boils down to rather than making people redundant um because organizations can't can't afford to pay them um, the government said, you know, like we will be able to match, we'll be able to pay salaries, basically. Mm-hmm. Um, the deal being that if you go, if you go onto furlough time, the person has to agree to it. They take a twenty percent reduction in salary, and they can they can't legally work um, in in that um, furloughed time. So mm-hmm. Tuesday this week was my last day of working from home, and I now have uh, literally nothing to do. I don't even have work to kind of get me. Uh, Are you yeah so i mean it's it's mm. it's 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 definitely not an ideal situation but when you think about it you know a 20 percent reduction in salary is you know it's not the be all and end all in fact it's great do? to still well this is the thing i've been I, I woke up yesterday morning and i've i think i foolishly tried to do everything i could do in the space of 48 hours so <laughs> i finished a couple of books i was reading i've started knitting again because my gran taught me to knit when i was at school and i'm doing that now i've ordered a load of stuff for the garden and i'm going to start kind of getting that into shape next week um I've got a it's list of things I want to up. bake. It's just oh, it's Dan crazy. is a, Dan is a grandparent. He just doesn't. I mean, this, he doesn't yeah, have this the, is... the necessary children or children of children <laughs> yet. Yeah, I'm an old man at heart. I think, but it's been great just to be able to just kind of be still. I mean, for all of that we've said, obviously this is a dreadful time, and we're noticing, you know, positives like um, increase in productivity and business and things. But I think the most valuable thing that's affecting everyone, regardless of whether your state of employment. Um, is that this time is an amazing time for real, meaningful, introspective thought. 
Mm. And it's really great to be able to just have time in the day where you can really listen to yourself and where you are and what you want to be doing. And so yesterday evening between, I think it would be like five and six, I just sat outside in my garden with a coffee and just listen, didn't do anything. I just sat in a chair for an hour and just listened to the birds and what was going on in my other gardens and things. And it was just lovely to really be still. Um, I don't know whether this is going to last. I'm probably going to go crazy by next week, but it's nice to have, it's nice to have the time, you know, you're going to fall back into that world of Warcraft pit, Dan. I I know it's going to happen. I played it last night. I knew it. I played, I played it. it. I played a lot of it last night. Um, It's already happening. uh, It was great. But we see so, so many friends that I had that we used to play, we all got back together and said, now is the time to see if we can go back and and enjoy it. And we did. It was fantastic. Because That's what we've been doing on my streams. So I've been streaming basically every day now for the past couple of weeks and we've been playing stuff like guns of icarus which nobody has played since like 2016 um and it's been great to get like people back together and playing this game or or several games stuff like minecraft that we just haven't played for years and now everybody's around and it turns out it's just as fun as it was something dan that you would not be able to do is doubles tennis though Oh yeah, so That's true. You wow! What, can we can we just give someone a round of applause for that incredibly subtle, fantastic drawback to the Wikipedia <laughs> article we were meant to be talking about? That was, yeah, that was incredible. incredible. Good work. But what if if we if he was to do it in 1999, Hannah? Uh, yeah. Was that when the the tournament was? Yeah, oh, correct. God, I managed to f- remember something in this podcast for once. Um, what else could you tell us apart from the fact that the winners were Aussie and American? Um, the runners up were both American and, um, the final score was seven, six, which means that went to a tie break, which was one, seven, four and, uh, the second set six, four. Wow. Oh, so it's only a three sets. Um, yeah. Doubles are always just best of threes. Oh, I didn't know even that. Even the men, even the men's doubles. Yeah. Cause Dan and I used to play a little bit of tennis together in um exeter i think you're i think you're really severely underselling our incredible skills at the game simon <laughs> we, i we, used to play tennis i i love tennis really? i used to I, I used to play it yeah we had a Between great the age of seven and 18 i had weekly tennis lessons. i did not know that because mm-hmm. if mm-hmm. if you wanted to watch us playing tennis, Hannah, you could. It's in the very first PhD um, weekly vlog that I did, uh, which oh. like blew up, and so like how many hundreds of thousands of people have watched us be fucking awful at tennis? <laughs> I mean, I never said I was any good. But... <laughs> well, if you if you did want to watch it though, uh, tomorrow at the time of recording, if you're listening to this you know, as an audience member, sorry. Um, I'm doing um, a live stream marathon of all of the episodes of that vlog, like back to back. Oh my God. Um, and I realized it takes 12 hours to watch all of them. Whoa. See, some some people might do a Lord of the Rings or a Harry Potter marathon. Simon, no, not, no, I'm going to watch myself. Are you terrified of like cringing at your own videos? And, oh. Well, the thing is, I'm not going to sit there and watch the whole thing. I'm basically, I put, I've, I'm actually currently rendering it, all of the files into one 55 gigabyte 12 hour MP4. And then I'm going to set that running on my Twitch. I've, I've got to do a bunch of stuff tomorrow. Um, and then I'm... Oh, so you're not live reacting No, I, I, I'll pop I'll pop into the chat and like type. And I've got like a list of key moments that happen and like roughly when they're going to happen in terms of time which i'm going to tweet out as well um so i'll drop in for like when we do our beer mile or where i go back to oxford or you know loads of different things should i do a rerun of the hormone diaries well it'd be interesting because this was just an idea i had that like uh the oxcast do reruns of their stuff on like their twitch and i was like you know what i've got this thing maybe it'd be a fun thing to do i don't think it's going to get a lot of people watching it but it might be a fun experience to dip in and out of and it you know may end up doing quite well so if it does well please feel free to copy it um i I don't i'm not anticipating i don't even know how good any of those videos are that's the thing i actually have to track down a lot of these and it was nice in in like tracking them down and being like oh this is the video where i did this and then like being able to re-watch bits of your life especially when it's like a like a wholly encompassing video blog you can be like you see your friends as you remember them and you get to relive all these fun things um that you did it was it was actually really nice so i'm kind of wholesome i'm kind of looking forward to tomorrow actually Uh, i want to circle back uh to something that dan said just before which is like why wouldn't you just like a normal person do a lord of the rings marathon yeah great point my dan uh and i like 
last weekend or two weekends ago. I saw did extended editions Lord of the Rings marathon. Fantastic. And it was what was it? Because when was the amazing. last time you watched the movies? Because it's been ages since I've actually watched them. I've watched bits um, on YouTube. I feel like Dan and I watch them quite regularly. So mm. in the first year of our relationship, we did a marathon of all of them, of the extended editions. And then literally, probably only, like within the last six months, we watched all three of them again. But we didn't marathon them. We just kind of like when we had a four hour free evening, <laughs> we would sit down and watch one of them. And it, um, and then, so it hasn't actually been that long since we watched them all. And then we were like, well, now's the time. Let's do another marathon. Because I've never actually, like, like I say, it's been years since I've watched them, but I imagine it's a very different experience watching them back to back. Oh my God, watching them back to back is the only way. <laughs> um, and here's my, here's my, Uh, reasoning behind that I genuinely believe because the characters go on such an epic exhausting traumatizing journey and it's 12 hours of films like you you have you're doing it for an entire day right and by the end of it you feel like you've also just been on an epic quest so really when watching this you you need to employ a method acting attitude (laughs) you're watching all of these characters at the end just like relieved and exhausted and just like oh my god we did it and that's how like you feel at the end you're like oh my god how amazing are we we did it (laughs) i'd love to see it's done there'd be an amazing thing you could do where you kind of you take a before and after photo of when you start the marathon and when you end and when you end you're like frodo on mount doom your lips are cracked you're kind of like bleeding and grazed you're like oh finally it's over sam it's done yeah you try you're trying to go to bed but someone has to carry you to bed i can't carry it for you but i can carry carry you amazing that's the bit that makes my dad always cry i mean it's experiential cinema it's like uh, is it secret hidden cinema? What's what's the oh, one in London? Secret cinema. Oh, have, have you ever done that? I've never gone. Yes, I did. Um, Romeo plus Juliet. Oh, the Basil which, oh. Yes, which was Classic. amazing. And then I also did the recent Stranger Things one. So, so for those of you who don't know at home, Hannah, what is secret cinema then? Because this is really cool. Secret cinema is basically an immersive theatre experience. And then you watch the film afterwards whilst a lot of the immersive theatre is still kind of happening around you. And you 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 get given like a character or like an archetype before you go up and everyone's in fancy dress. For the Stranger Things one, we didn't like sit down and like watch something afterwards, but there was still like a finale bit. But like, it's so amazing because the way that they do it is that there's all of these different storylines happening around you. The casting... They cast the actors perfectly. Like they look identical to the characters in the movies or in the TV show. It's it's uncanny. Like we, in for the Stranger Things one, we were just like wandering around. It's like a Fourth of July celebration, and you would see like Eleven and Mike like running somewhere. And you're like, oh my god, it's Eleven and it's Mike. Oh, like, oh my god, it's Joyce Byers. Like, because they look so like them, and you, and they and they interact with you. At one point, Max held my hand and looked at me and being like, "Have you seen Lucas?" And I was like, "No, I'm not seeing Lucas." And she's like, "Have you seen Lucas?" <laughs> and she like grabbed me and we like ran off somewhere. Oh, it's amazing. Amazing. I was gonna say, Dan, this is like you in a nutshell. If if we were to ever do a theater, like an experience together, we should absolutely get into London and do this. Oh, I'd love okay. that. That'd be incredible. Because like, I've brilliant. I've seen them do it for like Casino Royale and like Blade Runner, and they always do it yeah. in, in like interesting um, settings, right? They they will get a setting that's sort of appropriate. Well, so the Romeo plus Juliet one was kind of like festival vibes, and it was in a park and it was in a big field. But every other one that I know of. Um, it's all been in an indoor venue, and but they just de- they decorate it and they create massive sets. Sounds fantastic. Well, I mean, I feel like we've definitely gotten as much juice out of a, a doubles Wikipedia article um, for this section. But Hannah, to introduce a, 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 the next section of the show. Oh God, mm. you know, I've never actually had to say this out loud to a guest before, I don't think. Um, so Dan is a, a singer at Exeter Cathedral. Uh, Lovely. And what what is the next corner of the podcast, Dan? Oh well, I'm so, I'm so glad you asked. Um, it's it's arguably one of the niche 
corners. Um, <laughs> and he, he says, as he so brilliantly cues up the next jingle, it's time for my choral piece of the week. And this will be my piece of the week. Drum roll, please. Oh, how lovely. I will Now, I will keep it brief because uh, I know that this is, um, as I say, somewhat niche. Um, but as Simon said, and as readers will know, um, I am a big fan of choral music. I sing it myself and just generally can't get enough of it. Um, so my, my succinct choral piece of the week... Oh God, Old Man Dan strikes again. Um, I'm going to go for an album, Simon. Is that okay? Yeah, sure. An LP, as you would refer an to. L- yeah, an LP. Are you about to listen to an entire choral music album? Is that what's Oh yeah. You, you, we're not finished this until tomorrow morning. Right? You're, you're, you're done for the night. <laughs> this, this is, this is, this is all we're doing now. This is a marathon. Um, the album I'm choosing is from... Now, Simon, here's a clue. It's from a very well-known, extremely talented group of singers... Can you take a guess as to which choral group this might be? Is it the University of Exeter Chapel Choir? No, not them. Da- damn close. But, is it but, Little Mix? But <laughs> it could, yes, it could, it could be. Uh, is it Tenebrae? Here's a clue. There's 16 of them. Oh, is it the 16? It's the 16. Very well done. <laughs> Marvellous. I could have guessed that. Yeah. <laughs> Harry Christophers, um, you son of a bitch. You've yeah. done it again. Um, it's the 16. It's it's from it's a new album they've released, and it's called The Call of Rome. Um, oh. And I, I've chosen it not only because it's got an incredible selection of, of pieces from very well-known uh, composers, Allegri, Anario, Victoria... Um, Hannah, you can just kind of nod through this, like you know what I'm talking in about. In podcast form, if you, if you just want to. Yes, yeah. <laughs> Digital nod. Snap my fingers, just like, mm, mm. Yeah, mm. yeah. Allegri, mm-hmm. Allegri. love it. Um, but the thing I love about it is that there is a real sense of, um, I'm going to say pilgrimage through listening to the music. And it, it, it makes you listen not only to every piece in its own right being wonderful, but the ordering of pieces across the album, you can almost appreciate the entire thing as one big soundscape. And at a time, I think, when we want to perhaps escape our living rooms or confinement in this lockdown time, then I think there's no better way than listening to The Call of Rome by The Sixteen. Very go. fine. I mean, I'll, I'll, as, as always, we'll put a link to that in the show notes. Something that um, I, just to piggyback on this slightly, um, I have been going for a real phase in the past couple of weeks uh, of rediscovering um, postmodern jukebox. Which, oh, excellent, yeah. Uh, What's don't know, that? Have you not heard of PMJ, Hannah? Oh, you're about to enter into a fantastic world. <laughs> Um, so basically, Postmodern Jukebox is a musician called Scott Bradley and a bunch of his friends who take a popular modern song, uh, and modern can be anything from like the 60s onwards, and redo it in a like a retro style. So um, there's like, what's a good example? Um, what what does retro mean then before the 60s? Uh, well, it can so it, it can be anything from like the tw- the 20s up until like the 80s, I'd say. Like it's it's all like um, professional musicians. I wasn't going to say acoustic. That's definitely not true. Um, but like kind of like what you'd see on a stage, like a swing band kind of thing. But mm-hmm. doing stuff like Stacy's Mum or yes, um, I love it. Not the little boy that I used to be. And they'll often do like a different, a totally different style. So I've been listening to a lot of um, Video Killed the Radio Star, but in the style of Queen. I heard you on the wireless back in 52. Lying awake, intently tuning in on you. And this singer who sounds just like Freddie Mercury. I'll, I'll, tell you, I'll put a link to this in the show notes and Hannah, I'll send you a link afterwards. You can go okay. through and like, and they're, they're so ridiculously big on YouTube. Like, I think the most popular video they have is um, Creep by Radiohead, um, mm. but done in like a, a totally, totally different style. I wouldn't even know how to describe it really. And that's got 76 million views. Like, they're huge. Ooh. There's this YouTuber that... Um... I watched some of her videos um, called Ali. I can never 
pronounce her surname Ellie Ali I want to say her Ali Spag Spagno Spagnolia <laughs> Ali Spag oh, I can't remember her name anyway she's great she's a musician and she makes these videos that's like what if this song was sung by this artist so it would be like right. what if Lizzo's uh, Truth Hurts was sung by Billie Eilish um, oh cool but the, but the video is um, watching her process of making the song as well Oh, that's cool. Um, it's amazing. Yeah, it's probably good. Okay, well, loads of music recommendations and people have got plenty of time to try them out. So you're welcome, internet. There you go. There's a bunch of music you can go and listen to from all three of us. Um, wasn't that good? That was a nice bit of symmetry. Um, what do we need to do next, Dan? <laughs> Top lad. Hello, everyone. Simon here. So... When we recorded this episode with Hannah, it turns out that Dan and I forgot to record Patreon Corner. I think we intended to do it after we finished recording the episode. We didn't want Hannah just to sit there and nod politely through a bunch of names. So um, I'm just going to read out the Patreon Corner stuff now. Also, I'd like to take this opportunity to apologise for the quality of my mic in this. As you may have noticed, it's pretty shocking. Not quite sure why. My audio hardware seems to have done an absolute number and in theory should be working but apparently it's not so apologies for that can't really do anything about it now for those of you who are new to the show patreon corner is basically how we fund the show people can donate at patreon.com forward slash the wikicast to pay for our hosting costs to pay for our lovely editor adam and for a variety of other projects that we'd like to put into action so thank you very much to everybody who supports us those who support us can choose to do so at a one dollar level or a five dollar level if you choose to be a five dollar level then you have to make a decision about whether you are on team cat or on team dog that is whether you are correct or incorrect about which you think is the superior household pet. I'll begin by thanking the people that I would normally thank, which is of course Team Cat. So I would like to thank Chocker Cat, Christopher Betterton, Colm Mansfield, Dan Hanvey, Isabella Strowski, John Mannion, Kenneth Kuzmirek, Leila Medina, Lewis Watson, Nafi Iftikar, Oliver Burghart, Oliver Craigie, Omar Miranda, Princess Andromeda, Rents Kirk, River Ward, Tom Withington, Trustworthy Ginger, and William Humphreys. However, I now have to swallow the bile rising in my throat, as I also have to thank Team... <clears throat> I have to thank Team Dog, everyone. I never thought this day would come. Fortunately, there's not many names, because not many people are so stupid as to believe that dogs are the best household pet. Prove me wrong, pricks. I'd like to thank Alistair Fortune, Ben McMurtry, Colin J. Brown, Eric Davis, Eric Bolliger, Eve Sharples, Jay Wright... Codzo, Kyle Peary, Maggie, Peter Reed, and Samantha. Thank you, I guess, for your support, and thank you in particular to those lovely people supporting at the Team Cat level. Anyway, with this bit of housekeeping done, back to the show and my awful, awful microphone. Right, so we have our first email here. This is from Sean Riches. Uh, it reads, Dear Messrs. Mooney, Wormtail, Padfoot, and... Ah, sh- wrong parchment. Uh, <laughs> nice. Dear Messrs. Clark and Moore, uh, long-time reader, first-time writer, apologies in advance for the veritable discussion you... Dissertation you're about to read. Oh, uh, that's a long one. Okay, here we go. Let's see if I can. Right, okay. Strap in, Lance. Uh, I must say, I am terribly pleased to hear that Simon has read Rendezvous with Rama, which I talked about in the last episode, which is Arthur C. Clarke. It was great. People could check my Goodreads for the review. Really enjoyed it. Um, pressingly, I must ask if the leader of the Great Church of Clark Tholicism has read the book Contact by Carl Sagan. I haven't. So I, I don't know. Do you read much sci fi, Hannah? Because you, you read quite widely. Um. Do I? <laughs> what you've got? You're an author. You've got so many books in the house. Just because you write them doesn't necessarily mean you read widely. Um, sci-fi, sci-fi. Uh, I, I write. I read some sci-fi, but um, it's not. It's not a genre that I n- know about in terms of like, like you know, when you know about a genre, you know, like, oh, this is an important text. This 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 text changed the genre. Like, I don't. I don't know that. Right. Okay. Because um, no, I've not read a lot of like the big stuff like Carl Sagan. This is my first thing by Arthur C. Clarke. So I am lamentably for someone. No, in I my... wouldn't even. I wouldn't even be able to name famous sci-fi authors. <laughs> well, I mean, for for somebody in such a position of dorkery as I, I feel like I should have read more. So mm. I'm, I, I'm sorry, Sean, but uh, I have not yet. But I would like to. I know there's a very good film about it as well. So. You know, we got that. Um, secondly, I must ask both noble leaders of the Church of Clark Catholicism and the Church of Mormonism: Have you played Be- <laughs> Breath of the Wild? Um, have you, Dan? 
No, I desperately want to. I think I I'm going to sell my PlayStation and pro- possibly try and get a Switch. But I don't know if you've seen, it's absolutely nightmarish to try and get hold of the bloody things because everyone's had that idea. They're buying yep. consoles because there's nothing oh, else to yeah. do. Dan, my Dan really wants a Nintendo Switch, but yes, we, we can't get one right now. I have to say, no. I'm, I'm sat here very smugly because I did get one a little while back and it is my favourite console of all time. It is so good. <laughs> um, and Animal Crossing is just my jam right now. Pixel and I share an island that we've been developing together and um, I love it. It's it's just my favourite thing. But no, I haven't played Breath of the Wild. so late to the Animal Crossing party. Oh, it's, you'd love it, Hannah, honestly. You, you, uh, it was, I don't want to... At the stall of the time, I'll sink into it. <laughs> Which yeah. I'm not sinking into it currently, but I'm sinking into other things. <laughs> True, yes. It, yeah, it, the it, idea of sinking loads of time into a video game really is a bad thing for me. I feel like I've been <laughs> I've done I've been through that phase in my life. I want to garden now. <laughs> <laughs> your your young days in the wild sowing wild yeah, oats uh, in World of Warcraft. Yeah, yeah. Amazing. <laughs> So no, uh, Sean, I have unfortunately not read either or played either of the things you've recommended here. And then they follow with uh, a diary of what they've been up to for self-isolation. Day one of self-isolation. I felt like I haven't talked to anyone for seven months. Uh, (laughs) Day seven, I've made my way through the hordes to get to the supermarket. They're out of all the meat, so I have to buy dog food. Day 12, society has collapsed. The supermarkets lie in ruins. Periodically, people roam the streets, mouths agape, looking for what lonely morsels they can find. Day 13 of self-isolation. Hey, my code finished compiling. And then that's that's the end of the diary, so I feel Mm. like... Have you guys seen the the new Tesco advert? No. No? What's this? It was so sweet i was watching um a program on all four so you know you get ads yeah, um yeah. and it was basically like it, it it was just it was very lovely it was basically just explaining hey when you come to one of our stores here's what to expect there's going to be markings on the floor to do this you will find his this here this is going to be here um da 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 hope you're you know like it was just really lovely and just really just like this is how it is we're gonna explain to you how it's going to be like to help manage everyone's expectations i just thought it was really lovely oh that's wonderful i had i had a similar just as just a slightly tangential comment i had a similar experience with that today i went i used my hour of free roaming to to go out and pick up some food and Went into Marks and Spencer, typically because it, previously when I've gone in, certainly the one in Exeter has been fairly, because there's, because so many students have left, basically, mm. overcrowding hasn't really been an issue. So you kind of, you, you go down, it's underground, and they say, please observe, you know, social distancing, stay away from, like two metres away from people, um, otherwise go. And I was thinking, okay, fine, I'm in for the same joy today. However, um, I, I I approached it and I saw there was a huge queue of people outside and I thought, gosh, Tesco must be busy because they typically have the longest queue and they're next to each other. But it was Marks and Spencer and they've changed it such that you queue at the outside kind of main entrance to the building and they have like a clear in and a clear out. But to mm-hmm. get in, you've got to go through the ground floor right the way through and then down like a back entrance into the basically you have to parade yourself alone round the ground floor of Marks and Spencer before you get to the food court and it felt like some ancient Greek kind of I'm, I'm returning to the city after a triumph <laughs> and I was going I was going I was walking through but past these shelves and and things of like jeans and cardigans and it was just me on my own with my bags think it was just so bizarre <laughs> I've just looked yeah. up this Tesco ad, incidentally, and it looks brilliant. It does kind of feel very much like The Last of Us kind of thing. Like, it is yeah. very, like... Because I did a run to Tesco the other day, and I had... I felt like... I, no, it was not, not The Last of Us. I felt like I was in Death Stranding. Like, I had a huge backpack on. I had two big bags on my arms. Um, and we luckily were able to get about a week's worth of food, uh, whereas mm. before we were a bit limited. But it just feels so barren. You know, yeah, it it's it's spooky. It's actually spooky when you're so used to seeing these places be bustling, and especially next to yeah, as you say, with all the students that have gone home. Mm. Um, like it's yeah, it's 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 weird. Um, mm. But um, anyway, so sorry. Thank you very much, um, Messer Sean of, of New Zealand. He specifies uh, age. Oh God, eight thousand two hundred sixty-seven days, eight hours, thirty minutes, twelve seconds. Very precise. Uh, thank okay. you, Sean. Good to know. <laughs> we have another email here. Um, this one is from 
Michael. And the subject line is for Hannah Witten and the Wiki Lads. So we've got, we've got one here. This is a, a keen, avid writer in. Uh, he begins, Dear Dr. S. Clark, Mr. D. Moore and Miss H. Witten. Sup. So you asked for questions about sex slash relationships, so here I go. Sorry Ooh. if it's a bit uh, more deep than you intended. Oh, boy. Okay. Here we, here we go. Strap, strap on. In. Strap in. So my, <laughs> so my, my girlfriend and I have been in a long-distance, long-term relationship for nearly five years now. We wow. both agree that one of the ways we know we love each other is that we are... Uh, that that when we are together, we don't feel like we have to put on a performance or pretend we're something we aren't. We both feel like we do this when we're around others. As such, it really caught me off guard when she admitted recently that she feels like she has to perform for me in the bedroom, e.g. acting, looking, being mm-hmm. sexy. We both have body image issues, but hers um, are definitely worse than mine for societal and personal reasons, and we both support each other as best we can around these issues. She also has a lot of insecurities about not deserving me to be loved, nice things, etc., which I try to help with too. She is the most beautiful, stunning, sexy, kind, clever, funny, and generally wonderful human being I've ever met, and I tell her that as often as I can, particularly when I think, oh, she's hot at random points, but I know she's not trying to look sexy, but just is. Besides, uh, besides this, can you recommend any way for me to help her overcome or even just to deal with these insecurities, particularly in the bedroom, but also outside of it? Thanks in advance and sorry for dumping that all on you. Sincerely, a boyfriend who wishes she could see herself through my eyes. Aww. Aww. What a lovely, concerned boyfriend. Well, Hannah, you're the resident expert. Any What, what advice can you give? I feel like I'm not an expert relationship advice person when it comes to things like this, but I can give it a go. I think you're think... going to do better than we would. <laughs> <laughs> I think the, the, the main thing that actually stood out to me was about how they, they say that they, can, they only feel comfortable to not put on any kind of performance mm-hmm. with each other, but they feel like they're doing that with other people. And it, it might... And I, I genuinely believe that every... Even if you've got a really solid, great, like, romantic relationship, if you've got a great partner, having really solid platonic relationships and friendships where you feel like you can also, like, truly be yourself um, are just as important and, and valid. And so, like, it might not necessarily be a thing of, like, oh, there's this, like one issue that's affecting our sex life or affecting our relationship or affecting my girlfriend's self-esteem but but kind of like zooming out and looking at it holistically and just and being like do you have a support network outside of your partner do you have like good uh fulfilling relationships and connections outside of that as well like because all Mm. of those things come together to like to help with someone's self-esteem and obviously then can you guys um by the way hear cheering because it's eight o'clock yeah i can hear i can hear i can hear like a ringing as well like a ding 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 yeah that's i think pixel goes it's the eight o'clock applause for the nhs oh i see hang on i'm gonna open i wasn't sure if you could hear it where you were i can hear something through my headphones yeah hang on i'm just gonna one second i'm just gonna add my voice i can hear people howling outside hold on I I don't think I can I don't think I can reach my door without taking my headphones off. One sec. Oh man, this country's a bit of a shiter, but like it does do some good things sometimes. Oh sweet. Oh, I feel Hello, are you there? Yeah, yeah. Yes. Hello. Sorry, our window in our office doesn't open fully. It's broken. And so I could hear lots of whooping, but I couldn't actually like fully step out to <laughs> join in. But the, yeah, yeah, certainly here. That, that you could hear it across the whole neighbourhood. That was amazing. Yeah. yeah. Whooping. Oh, yeah. Like, God, this country has been felt so broken for the past couple of years, but that's now twice now this has happened, where just for like a couple of minutes, it's felt like we're all on the same page. Yeah. Oh my god, it's so cool. Oh, wow. Sorry, that completely derailed the recording, and you were in the middle of giving a very, very good answer about. Oh, I, I don't even know if it was. That was just something that stood out to me in the question, um, yeah. because I genuinely believe that your partner shouldn't be everything to you, and shouldn't. Yeah. And if you you do have, um, like, 
any kind of inner term or whatever that is like low self-esteem or or other maybe mental health stuff going on then yes it's great to have a partner who you can talk to those things about and rely on but but they never should be the only person yeah that you I, talk to about these things and i feel like there's a, there's a very i don't know if this is really helping the problem but I feel like no. you're right, and I think it's very easy for somebody in a relationship to idealize only relying on one person for that kind of thing. Like you, you feel yeah. like you know it's 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 romantic to be be someone's everything, and the fact is that it's not necessarily healthy to do that. Absolutely. Um, mm. I think the thing that struck me again, much like you said, Hannah, I don't think I don't think any of us are truly in a position to give give you know near clinical advice but i think as with so many things simply talking about it does work wonders yeah um, and it because sounds it can like they've got great up. communication yeah um, i think too the thing about it's interesting i think that we both pick up on the same thing about the whole let me try to say it right um we feel like uh, we don't feel like we have to put on a performance or pretend we're something we aren't and we both feel like we have to do this around others i think this is so kind of symptomatic of it's so easy to feel a need to ascribe to a certain label or an idea or a way of acting, especially around other people, because clearly that, you know, when, when you and, and, and your better half are together, that completely goes away. Um, so I, I wonder if there's something that, that can be done to kind of take that need away because i think that as you say the communication is clearly fantastic it sounds like you're both you know both are meant to be a long-term relationship for nearly five years is incredible yeah Um, and but also i think that like you're it sounds like you're doing all of the right things like you're communicating you're complimenting you're listening you're you know you're supporting her and like all of these things which is all the right things to be doing but also i think it's important to know that like even if you are doing all of the right things, when it comes to how someone like feels about themselves, there's only so much that you as an outsider can do or say to change yes. truly what is going on in their heads. Yeah. Um, and so at some point, I think you just, you do have to kind of be like, I've, I've done what I can. This is, this, this is all that you might be capable of offering at a certain time. And they also need to put in the work themselves. Yeah, yeah, definitely. It's it's a it's a pickle because I feel like I've certainly been in a situation like this before where I feel like my partners doesn't, you know, I they don't see themselves as I see them in a yeah. in a from a positive perspective, not in the sense of I think they're awful and they don't see it. Um, <laughs> I mean, I've definitely had that in a past relationship as well, to be fair. Um, but, you know, from a positive perspective, it is frustrating because you, you're just like, why can't you see how great you are? Um, mm. And uh, yeah, so I totally get that. So I hope that we were at least some help, uh, Michael, uh, with that yeah. email. And thank you very much for uh, uh, for writing in with that. We should also we should also draw attention to the most important part of this email, where Michael adds a PS saying dogs rule. Hannah, you might not know, but there is very much a team dog team cat dynamic on this podcast. I represent those sane individuals who think dogs are the way forward. Um, oh. Simon is sadly um, of the correctly. Of the, I think of the it's feline persuasion. Interesting, ad, you know, adverb you use there. But okay. oh, I feel like I'm gonna um, really some up here because uh, i hate both oh my well okay. it's lovely talking okay, to okay, you Anna. Cool. Um, <laughs> that's a bit strong i'm indifferent to yeah fair enough dogs. yeah you have a, you do have a pet of course which i, I don't a, know if you know this dan i have a leopard gecko oh cool which is i think I also what smith from hat films has he's got a couple yeah of he's got a few hasn't he little lizards yeah. yeah very very cool um, and not the kind of thing you can cuddle up to, but I don't think that's what you're but looking for in a pet. That is not what I'm looking for in the slightest. Yeah, which is it's different strokes for different folks, so to mm-hmm. speak. Indeed. Um, well, speaking of which, we have an email here from Danvey. Uh, Dan Hanvey, a long time supporter of the podcast. Uh, oh, I know Dan Hanvey. Oh, yes, yes, you will, yeah. Uh, his, his email is uh, subject line The crows are spreading COVID 19. 
Brilliant. <laughs> Thank yeah, you for that, Dan. Great. Off to a strong start. Uh, dear Simon, Dan and Hannah. Gents, I hope you're both doing well in your respective homes. And Hannah, I hope you've been made to feel warmly welcome. Have you? In- indeed. Good. Yes. That's good to hear. Wonderful. Uh, thought I'd start with a sex-related story. I can't think why. A few years ago, I got a hand job from a married woman under a tree outside next to a cathedral. <laughs> <laughs> That's excellent a work. Wow. Excellent work. Is this, we a, had wait, a, is this a joke or is this a story he likes to tell all the time? No, so we had we had a previous a, 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 a current reader wrote in um with a with a story that that it actually happened to them. And the most brilliant thing is is whenever Simon and I meet up again in Exeter, we can we can stand at the foot of that very tree. And it's like oh, it's like a handshake through time, or rather a hand job <laughs> through time. Oh, isn't that lovely? Isn't that so nice? this so this didn't happen to Dan Hanvey. He's no, just it happened to oh, an anonymous okay. reader. Uh, and then Dan uh, has just taken ownership of this. Oh, Brilliant. I love it. I like that. Oh. Funny. Uh, right, okay. So, no, but seriously, he says, I don't think the exercise potential of, potential of sex can be over, overlooked. Oh, boy, okay. Uh, some I mean, of my... especially when you're sat at your desk all day. It's mm. sometimes the only exercise you get. Quite. Uh, and, and he goes on to say, some of my periods of highest lung function have been when I've been in healthy relationships, and I'm sure that's a factor. Uh, <laughs> he has cystic fibrosis, so uh, it doesn't okay, take much yeah. to take his breath away. Um, oh. Which, you know, bless him. Um, only slightly embarrassing explaining the uptick to my physiotherapist, but hey... They've likely heard it all. This is true. <laughs> um, Excellent. Uh, I mean, have you ever had to ex- explain something or, like embarrassing to a doctor, Dan? I don't think I've had to explain anything, but I've been in at least three um, embarrassing scenarios with a doctor that that involves my... Um, Penis. How to put it delicately. Yes, penis. That's the word I was looking for. Thank <laughs> oh you so God, much. I was only joking. <laughs> no, I had a thing. How would I you had... have put it delicately? Well, I was going to say my 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 downstairs, but, okay. but penis but... will suffice. Yeah, penis is fine. Um, Quote. Yeah, I, put that I on had... his tombstone. <laughs> yeah, penis will suffice. Um, yeah, I've had a, I've had a couple where I've had to kind of go into a. One was in a. I was going for a checkup, and I thought I I was going to mention a thing, and he was like, "Oh yeah, okay, sure. Um, let's have a look then." And I just, yeah, uh, and uh, being I I would have been kind of like mid late pubescent teen at that stage. So oh, I see. That's yeah. pretty. That's that's pretty nerve wracking. Yeah. But, um, and a smattering of others, you know, on a weekly occurrence, I just think I share. You know, it's nice to pop into your local GP and say, do you want to have a look? And they go, not today, Mr. Moore. And I'll go, OK, fine. Well, next week is fine. All right. See you then. Have you, Simon, Hannah, anyone else? I mean, I've, I've not had a sexual one. I did have to explain to my doctor once why I had a broken rib, um, which was because I, I held my breath for too long and I passed out and I fell on a toilet and broke my rib. <laughs> Why were you holding your breath? Because, as I have to, I was at pains to express to my doctor, I worked out that if you held your, if I held my breath and tensed all my muscles, I turned purple. Um, and I was practicing in front of the mirror. Were you showing off for someone? Uh, I was practicing in front of the mirror before I showed my friend. And then the last thing I remember thinking was, oh, it's getting dark in here. And then I woke up on the floor <laughs> and I had hit the toilet so hard that I broke the toilet seat uh, <gasps> and I smashed a rib. Um, what? I found myself. Um, the, the, I bet you did. I bet you found yourself, you <laughs> psychopath. And this was, I remember this because this was the day of oh AS level goodness. results. So I had to get myself off the ground, limp down to school, <laughs> try and pass off that everything was fine, and then went to the doctor. And he was like, So how did this happen? <laughs> I was like, I tried to give him as little information as possible. <laughs> we've been we've been friends for a long time now, Simon. And, there, and that is just, that perfectly sums up you i feel there's just, if you've got your mindset on something you'll bloody well give it the best go you can and if that involves breaking a loo and a rib you'll do it i think this also um confirms for me why most of the winners of the darwin awards are men uh yeah yeah what? i mean yeah <laughs> prime example here just i sometimes i i I mean, I sometimes I go and like read some of the things on there, and I'm just like, no woman would ever attempt this. Because I could have died in retrospect. I could have actually won a Darwin Award because you what would happen? Could have been on the list, Simon. Yeah, because I, I could have just smashed a ribbon instead of bouncing off and onto the ground. I could have just like ended face up in the toilet and drowned. 
Imagine, imagine if somebody finds you in that situation. My parents open the door to the bathroom and they find a smashed toilet seat and me face down, dead in the toilet. Yeah, and they would never have known that you were holding your breath beforehand or yeah. why you were doing it. They would that would have just been a mystery forever. And the and the thing, to top it all off, you were the most charming say, say, say shade of lilac. You know, it would, it would have been just such a lovely sight, but alas. Was not to like, be. Was, was this like an auto asphyxiation accident? Oh my goodness. You'd oh, look yeah. like a bullied Thanos. <laughs> <laughs> be fantastic. Oh my god, yes. Yeah, that's that's going on my tombstone. Um had, have you had any story? <laughs> have you had to explain um, anything embarrassing to a doctor like that? No, I don't I don't think I have actually, but plenty of doctors have seen my Volva. Mm-hmm. Um just from, you know, your cer- the cervical screenings, coil insertions, yeah, you know, all all of that stuff. We kind of we kind of get it a lot. I've had mm. doctors because of my colitis and stuff. I've had doctors putting their fingers up my ass. Um, I had <laughs> one was, where they put my you fingers started. Up my... The answer to the question was like, well, not really, and then you. Yeah, but I'm not. Em- <laughs> but also, I'm not embarrassed by any of these things. So it's like yeah, suppose, all of these yeah. things have happened to me. But I'm just like, but it's fine. <laughs> like, yeah, yeah. Um, the finger up the ass one was quite funny though. Well, the most recent <laughs> one that I, there's been many, but there was one where um, they asked me to basically like. T- like clench and I had to try and like hold onto their fingers inside me. I thought they were like, right now stand up and pull me with you. <laughs> Which I, they, they, I'd never been asked to do that before and I was just like, oh, am I doing good? <laughs> Is my butthole sufficient? Where am I on the scale of butt strength? <laughs> like you've got to am know, I, am I... Am I dreaming? Have I suddenly fallen? We were talking, we've just had a lovely round of applause for the NHS and that sentence just ended with, God bless I had to you, really hold on to it. God bless you. <laughs> yeah, well, yeah, Fantastic. genuinely. Uh, yes, I mean, it is, we joke about it, but it is serious. I was going to say it's serious. <laughs> that is not the right phrase. Um, it's it's serious stuff. Exactly. Um, yes. Anyway, moving swiftly on. Um on a different note, going back to Danby's email, uh, on a different mm. note, this self-isolation lark has me thinking of desert island discs. Therefore, for all three um. of you, if marooned on a desert island, what three pieces of music and what book would you choose to have uh, to have to help you until rescue? God, give us an easy one, Dan. Um, I'd have a book on how to build a raft. Yeah, of course, of course you would. Of course smart. you would. I would have. I would probably have something like. Milton's Paradise Lost, entirely, entirely useless in a survival situation, but brilliant but to d- read. Dark chocolate for the brain, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Um, music. Um, I either would like. I'd, I'm trying to think of like a really long book. Like I'd either take a massive encyclopedia, or value um, for money. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> exactly. Isn't the rule with, with Desert Island Desert, you that, also get like that, the Bible and the complete works of Shakespeare. Like you get that's like, right, yeah, loads oh, of material. Nice. Yeah, because this is the thing. Like, can I take a book where it's like they've republished multiple books in one physical? Thing, oh, like a like, like a greatest hits album. <laughs> yeah, yeah, like, yeah, like an, if, an, an anthology of something. Yeah, imagine if they like published one book that had all seven Harry Potter books in it. Oh, stop. Dan is a... I'm going a week of the knees. In case you weren't aware, Hannah. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Music, though. It's three songs, isn't it? Yeah, so I I don't think it's albums. It's literally just, like, pieces of music. Um... I would take a first aid kit song. Can't decide right now. Well, the safety dance. (laughs) (laughs) No, Simon. (laughs) Um, I don't. I can't decide which one. Maybe stay gold, and then I would take. I think it would have to be a song from Wicked. Maybe Defying Gravity. Oh yeah, that's a good shout. That's one way to escape the island, I suppose. And really wishful thinking. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and then I think I would take. Oh, I don't know. Come back to me. I think I go for um, More Than a Feeling by Boston. Mm. Um. Oh God, the Vienne Mess Solennelle. Uh, Good boy. Good boy. And then because, you know, the most powerful thing you can do is to have an opportunity and not take it. I would then choose as my third piece, uh, 4 Minutes 33 by John Cage. Wow. 
fantastic. I don't. I, I, I'm lost. But well, well if you heard the piece, you'd recognise it, Anna. Okay. <laughs> I think so. Yeah, Milton's Paradise Lost as my book. Um, I would take. Uh, um, can I have the Path of Miracles as a single piece? I can't really, can, can I? You can fit that on one. I said okay. the Mess Solomel, so why not? Okay, cool. Um, I'd, I'd have a Wolfpack song, but I'm trying to think of which one I'd take. Maybe Conscious Club? Do, do either of you know Wolfpack? I don't think so. I recognise that. Oh, and, and my also, goodness. I'm kind of like now thinking about songs that are really long. Yeah, what value for money can you get? Oh, yeah. What value for money? There's um, a piece yeah, of music by Max Richter that's like eight hours long. It would be like movie soundtrack songs. Yeah. yeah, like one big soundscape. I was listening. I've been listening to the Lord of the Rings soundtrack a lot recently since. Yeah, because on the on the original release it. of the album, there was a track that was just called "The Return of the King" that was like twelve minutes long. I think. Exactly. Exactly. Well, there we go. Maybe then. Maybe some long, yeah, maybe a long one like that. I can't think of a third one, though. It's a tough one. I think it is a tough one. Or you could just take Hannah with you. She's just like a jukebox. Yeah. The best jukebox ever. Only plays one song. I went on a bike ride last weekend, and in between... in between one pub and another pub, sadly not being able to go in them, I was playing the Riders of Rohan theme while cycling. Oh my oh. god, I've never found, I've never felt more majestic in my life. Oh, I love it. It was incredible. You felt like a, ro- a, a I, wild horse. <laughs> when I was yeah. at uni, I would do my like essay writing work and stuff to the Lord of the Rings soundtrack. See, I find it too distracting. I actually now can't tune, I can't not listen to it, if that makes sense. Like it kind of overrides oh. the process of I think I didn't really know it that well then. It was just like really epic background music. Mm. Mm. I mean, Spotify has been like a game changer for that for me because you just find a song. They're like, I want to listen to stuff like this. And they just put the radio on on that song. Mm. And then suddenly you're set. Like you don't have to, you know, listen to one album and then over and over and over again. Like, oh, it's been so good. There's just so much music on Spotify. Who knew? Um, Who knew? Anyway, so Danby concludes, finally, if anyone in this community is feeling isolated during this lockdown, please use the Discord. There is always a link to the Discord in the show notes. Um, I found Mm -hmm. that talking to people in text or audio or video daily, hugely helpful. My DMs, meaning Danby's, are always open for a chat if you want someone to talk to, ask questions or just vent. We'll get through this with each other's support. Lots of loves with a two meters distance, Danby. P.S. Wash your damn hands. Well, thank you very much, Danby. What a great message. I feel like that message covered many things. That was a lot. Absolutely. Right there. I've got a... That's a good one here. I think it, it's it's short and to the point. Uh, the subtitle is Wikicast Questions. Um, Hannah, this is specifically for you. Oh. And and it reads, Has Hannah ever, ever given Dan sex or relationship advice? If she has, does it work? <laughs> ever given my Dan... I, th- I I would assume so, yes. I mean, all of the time, isn't that what being in a relationship is? Is you're constantly, like, telling the other person what to do. <laughs> that does feel about right, actually. Um, yeah. I think, like, you know, we've never had a moment where I've sat down and gone, OK, Dan, welcome to Hannah Witten's Sex Ed 101. Like, you know, that's <laughs> never happened. But obviously, like... When you're in a relationship with someone, just like as and when things come up in the conversations you have, it's yeah. constant like back and forth of learning things from each other. Mm. Yeah. Oh, yeah, actually, I know that we said that was going to be the last one, but we actually have had a cracking one. Just of another query, quick one here from Dan. It's a repeat criminal for us. It's the saucepan sinner. Um, oh goodness me! A long <laughs> time, a long reference. Uh, dear Mrs. Clark and Moore, I hope you're both happy and healthy, and that Hannah is too. I have a question for Hannah. What advice would Hannah give to people who are unable to see their partners during the period of the lockdown? I'm unable to see my partner for however long this lasts, and he's driving me bonkers, complaining that he can't see me. Help! I feel like there's an obvious answer to this, which I'm not sure if it's just because I'm a guy. Um. Okay. Yeah, they can do that. Um. But the other obvious answer is um. I literally have a video coming out next week about long-distance date ideas. Oh, with a with a plug. Oh, yeah, yeah. So I got I got you. I got you. Um, but my main thing would be uh, prioritize face-to-face video calls over any other f- kind of form of communication, um, because that 
is um, almost as good, if not just as good in terms of feeling like an actual human connection with someone as like being physically with someone. Um, and it's much better than text or just audio calls. Yeah, I, I to- as someone who did a long term, a long distance relationship for quite a while, I totally agree. Um, Surprisingly, too, actually, I um, I can chime in on this because I watched a really brilliant video the other day, um, and this is a channel I've followed on YouTube for a long time now. Um, Sexplanations with Dr. Oh, yes, Dr. Lindsay Doe. Yeah. yeah, she just did a video on phone sex. Yes, that's what I was going to talk about. Um, I've been I've been watching her for years, and I, it's a brilliant channel. Um, uh, and Dr. Lindsay is is amazing but there's a recent video uploaded on the 26th of march and it's all about it's it's titled how to have phone sex and it's really interesting as as are all her videos so mm. perhaps if if you wanted to explore that route um then then there's a there's a great video um about the inner workings of it well but there's also another great video on hannah's youtube channel which well, hang on yeah we need to do the outro before we get to that the, to the plugging section uh, oh, okay. oh god that that actually probably is not the right um okay, <laughs> okay. Uh, so it. hannah what did we learn about from wikipedia today uh we learned about the 1999 men's clay doubles and we learned precious little about it because there wasn't very, very much to learn. It was a very small Wikipedia article. But we did, we, we know, we talked about the the quarantine and how it's going to change society, and we clapped. and what we've all been up to as well. Yeah, yeah. Most interestingly, you know how we're how we're coping. Mm-hmm. Um, we had an amazing, um, amazing interruption to the podcast, listening to the fantastic nationwide uh, uh, clapping applause for and cheering for our wonderful. Yes, for our wonderful NHS. And some cracking correspondence from, from the community. You didn't let us down, uh, ladies and gentlemen. You, have, you definitely lived up to form. But, uh, you're, not, you, you're not getting away with that, Simon. But, uh, yeah, I tried to style it out. But I, yeah, you did, you're just drawing you? attention to it now. Yeah, yeah. You, gentlemen. Very nice. Very good. <laughs> I don't know why my voice has been cracking so much recently. <laughs> it's uh, all right. You're going through a period of change, and that's fine. Oh, that's my second puberty. And that's all for this week's episode. Don't forget to subscribe to us on your podcasting service of choice. You can like us on Facebook. And if you'd like to see our faces, check out our YouTube channel, Spongy and Electric. Your awkward doctor stories, isolation diaries, and other thoughts on the show can be sent to us at spongyelectric at gmail.com. We would love to hear from you. Thank you for joining us on the podcast, Hannah. I hope you've had a nice time. I have. Thanks for having me. And where could people find you if they'd like to learn more about what you do? Uh, I am Hannah Witten on YouTube and at Hannah Witten on Twitter and Instagram. Join us again for another tumble down the wiki rabbit hole. And we'll see you next time. Three, two, one. And we'll, and we'll see, see you next time. You next time. Can we give one more crack at that? I don't think we can be vaguely together. I couldn't remember what it was, so I was just like, I will. <laughs> just, a, just a really good selection of vowel sounds. It's, it's fine. Like, it's, like when you, do... it's like when you try and get a dog to talk, and it's like... <laughs> <laughs> That's what it felt like. Right, I'll do another countdown, and um, we'll hit it again. Sure. Okay. <clears throat> Wolves. Wolves. Very good. Three, two, one...